Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a brand new episode of our e-commerce podcast. And today I'm here with Jeff Gallagher, and he's the CEO and founder of multiple uh, businesses. So he's a serial entrepreneur. His focus is primarily in the hemp industry, and he owns multiple domains, multiple businesses in this uh, industry. The main one is made by hemp.com. And today I will discuss with him about this industry. So, hey, Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing well, Daniel. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Yeah, doing great. Thank you. So before this uh, recording, you told me that your uh, past was engineering uh, long, you know, many years before. So I'm just curious, uh, when did you stop, you know, that, yeah, when did, when did you end that part of your life, let's say, and then when did you decide to start in the Well, well, with all great stories, um, tragedy usually happens. So I was widowed in my 20s and started having panic attacks shortly thereafter. Uh, Fast forward quite a few years. In 2012, my neighbor introduced me to a very unknown compound called CBD, Mm -hmm. Um, actually inadvertently through, through other means. But I found out it was CBD and it profoundly changed my life. Uh, I got off all my pharmaceuticals, haven't had a panic attack since 2012, even with all the craziness of the world the last few years, no panic attacks. And my original intent was to help five people a month the same way it helped me. And I had planned on working in IT because that's what I knew. And my hobby turned from helping five people a month to hundreds a day in 2013. That's amazing. I really like hearing these stories, you know, when uh, somebody finds something that works for them and then you jump into this thing and you start helping others. I really like those stories. Uh, and you still use this product, CBD and hemp, every on a daily basis? How often do you use Well, for me, I'm, so I think everybody has a deficiency in cannabinoids, whether they're endocannabinoids created by the body or phytocannabinoids that we supplement with, uh, most people have a deficiency just based on their diet and their environment. So once the deficiency is corrected, most people need to just maintain. So for me, I might take it once to twice a month, sometimes once to twice every couple months, sometimes twice a week. So it just depends on what my body feels and what I need for myself. Uh, Most people need to take it for a couple of weeks before they'll see any benefit. And then they can usually determine if they need more or less after that. But think of it like a vitamin C, right? We take it because our body needs it. We don't take it because we're going to see or feel or have an effect from it. But it helps your body get into homeostasis. So if it can bring balance to your body, then that's the overall goal, right? Whether that's your head, your heart, your gut, doesn't matter. We have receptors in all of our systems to, to receive these chemicals. 
And then that what in turn does is helps our body get back to balance, which is making the body do what it's supposed to do. So actually taking it once, twice, even once a week, it doesn't sound like a crazy amount. At the beginning, I guess everyone, they need it on a daily basis until your body gets saturated. Many supplements, they work in this way. But then to sustain it, it doesn't sound like a challenging thing. No, I was taking about 40 milligrams a day when I started. Now, if I take 10 milligrams, I very relaxed. So my body is very sensitive to it at this point. Um, and I know my body will tell me when I, I, I need it. So I yeah. take other supplements, right? Because the standard American diet is is horrible. And the nutrition values of most of the fruits and vegetables are non-existent. So I also take other vitamins and minerals, you know, on top of that, just for my overall health and wellness. Yeah, makes sense. So this was, uh, I think you said 20, 2012, right? More than 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And then what was your first website and how did you find the first products that you started selling to other people? How did you start out? So my neighbor was taking the cannabis stock from the marijuana plant, which was legal in Michigan and grinding it up into capsules. And he convinced me to try these capsules. He said they wouldn't have any effects on me, you know, euphoria type effects. And I, so I tried these and it worked. So I took them to a cannabis lab to have them tested. And they told me it had about 4% CBD. So I didn't know what CBD was back in the end of 2012. So I went home, got on the Google, what is CBD? And a whole bunch of sites came up from California about their dispensaries and things. And then about the fifth one down says legal in all 50 states, industrial hemp by now. Well, I clicked that link, of course, bought a bottle. Um, from a little company called Dixie Botanicals. I believe they still exist. And that was how I found a commercial CBD product. Um, and then after I started taking it for a while, I'm like, well, I want to help others with this. So I called them up, said, how do I get a wholesale account? They told me how to do it. So I put $1,200 on a credit card with no idea how I was even going to pay the credit card bill. And my original intent was to help five people a month get off their anxiety meds like it did me. Now, I'm not a doctor, I can't make medical claims, but I started a website called Anxiety Now or anxietywhatnow.com. It's long gone. And it was a little infomercial about me just saying, hey, I, I have anxiety, I understand it's real. Let me help you get on the other side of it if I can. And I also listed on Amazon, eBay and Etsy before they restricted the category and had brand exclusivity. I asked for the brand to be exclusive on Amazon. And when Sanjay Gupta got on TV in August of 2013 and said pretty much CBD is the best thing since sliced bread, I blew up. I was just, I was at the right place at the right time. My five people a month, which I was helping, turned into 500 orders a day some days. So it like literally transitioned my whole life to, I literally lived putting stuff in a package for months. Um, and I hired my first employee in November of that year, and it's been a ride. What was the year? 2013 was when I officially started. May of 2013 okay. was when I officially got going. And then November of 2013 was when I hired my first employee. So, so just, off, just one year after you got started, you already started hiring people. And you well, grew not up. Even, not even six months. Yep. That's amazing. And uh, I guess back then CBD was not as popular. 
It was nobody knew what it was unless you were in the in the um, marijuana market in, in mostly California. So if you were mm -hmm. in the dispensary market in California, you knew what it was. Mm -hmm. But nationally, no, and it's it was very gray. The industry was super gray until the 2018 farm bill passed. Mm -hmm. And then that allowed the floodgates of investment because it was federally legal at that point. And they were supposed to have rules written within 18 months of January 1st of 2019. There's still no rules written today, um, which is the, one of the biggest hurdles for our industry because all 50 states are making their own rules now. Mm -hmm. So there's certain yeah. states I have products I can't sell to. There's other states I got to register my products in. There's certain states the, the seller has to register the products in. So the compliance piece of the industry has gotten really out of control and very cumbersome for businesses, especially the smaller businesses. Yeah, yeah. And after 2013, how did you promote your products? Because I know there are big limitations on many advertising platforms. So what did you find the best way to advertise? Everything was organic, SEO, social media, email marketing, word of mouth. It was before the creator um, environment we have now, right? User, mm -hmm. it wasn't a thing. So yeah. we're actually starting to do user generated content now. Uh, you can advertise in some channels uh, media like uh, radio and newsprint are allowing it now, but those are very expensive. I've heard several advertisements on, on the Sirius XM, you know, for various brands. Um, one brand is the official sponsor of the Major League Baseball now. There's a, a sports team that has taken on a brand. Um, and then you got 50 celebrity brands. So everybody knows what CBD is now. At least they've heard of it. But most people are still misinformed and most people don't know what they're buying. So that's the biggest hurdle in our industry today. Yeah, still education, right? And uh, yeah, just getting people to understand what it is about. What are the most common objections or, or, or myths about CBD and, and your space? Uh, will it get me high? Will it cure, prevent, treat or fix, fill in the blank? There's a hundred things. Um, those are the two biggest ones. And mm -hmm. then, oh, I've tried that and it didn't work for me mm -hmm. is uh, the big, one of the harder hurdles because they went to the gas station, bought a $5 product or a $10 product, took it once, thought they were taking something that was going to miraculously change their life in one serving. And they were very disappointed. Yeah. Are there many bad products on the market? What, what do you, what do you think? Well, so there is naturally derived cannabinoids, right? There's THC, which everybody knows. That's the one that's the main constituent of marijuana. Then there's CBD, which is the main constituent of hemp. But then there's all these new, what I'll call synthetic derivatives, Delta-8, Delta-10, HHC, THCO acetate. And those are formed by using a chemical process where they take CBD, a chemical, cause a chain reaction in a vat and out comes these synthetic cannabinoids. Now, I'm not one to bash certain products, but the byproducts during the creation of those products are still unknown of what they do. They might have identified them, but they don't know what they do to the body. Most of them are psychotropic. 
So it's sort of it's it's um, like a way to skirt the marijuana laws. They're going to get you euphoric or some mm -hmm. kind of feeling, whereas right. our products don't cause a feeling. If anything, they cause calm, and calm is a very hard thing to explain to somebody. Yeah, indeed. So I guess yeah, that's the that's the problem with the supplement industry. That is, it's not medicine. It's less regulated. Maybe in the U.S. even less than in Europe. So. It's, you know, it's a bit of the wild west, really, like everyone can sell everything. And uh, it's very hard to stand out with quality products. That was, you're that's supposed to be a licensed manufacturer to sell products mm -hmm. in the US. But if you're buying it at a convenience store or gas station, people aren't looking at the back of the product. They're just thinking yeah. it's safe because it's on the shelf. Whereas in yeah. Europe, you have to be novel food certified for these products, which we have certification on a few of our, our products. We were coming to to Europe, and then COVID happened, so mm -hmm. we we hit pause. Uh, we are looking for a European distributor to take our product line locally and bring it in because we'd love to be back be in Europe, but um, at this time we just aren't there yet. Yeah, yeah. How COVID affected this industry? What's your opinion on that? Hey, Budai Nation. Welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic. So it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. So it, it, it destroyed it, in my opinion. Um, 90% of my customers were small mom and pop businesses. So we, I started so early in the space that if you were so, if you were an early adopter, you know, a, small, a medical practitioner or even a holistic practitioner in the United States, you were a small in business. I would say almost 80% of our customers went out of business during COVID. Our wholesale business, our retail customers online, they, they're still here. But our bigger customers that bought wholesale are gone. That's very interesting. So um, I guess the D2C, the direct to consumer part of the of your businesses, that's you know, that's the pillar that could bring stability, right? In those rough times. That's how we stay in business. If it wasn't event for that, we would not be here today. Yeah. So I wonder how you how you got your your B2B customers? Because I know many of our listeners, they have a D2C side, but also a wholesale side. But the two are very different in many ways. And I'm curious how you see it and what, you know, what ways, what marketing channels you use to get those B2B customers. All organic. We used to do a lot of trade shows prior to COVID. Um, the trade show industry in the U.S. is coming back finally, but it's mm -hmm. definitely an interesting challenge. Um, I used to get a lot of our customers in in that arena because they were looking for new products. Uh, SEO, you know, our, we have landing pages that say you want to wholesale CBD, questions about CBD, you know, getting into CBD. And since we were the early adopters, we helped a lot of people start their CBD brands. And we still do that today. If people want to start a brand, we, we definitely can help them do that. Mm -hmm. You educate them or, or in what ways you help them? Well, we, we can not only educate them, but help make sure that their products are compliant with the local rules. 
um, help them pick the proper product. Most people think because they got 15 products that they're going to do well. Our recommendation mm-hmm. is less than five. Three, three is seems to be the perfect number to start with. Know your know your end customer well before you start, you know, buying and trying to sell a product. Because if you don't have an end customer in mind, you'll never sell any of this because it's yeah, so yeah. prevalent. It's everywhere. Yeah. So I have a f- quick story time. So I have a friend here in Europe and uh, he and his business partner, they are in the skincare industry or actually hair care. So beauty product. And they've been growing very nicely, uh, but they don't manufacture the product. Somebody else does a bigger brand. They have a wholesale part and a D2C part. But my friend, they've been scaling, you know, nicely, very, very fast. And I just asked him over the weekend, what happens if you actually start cannibalizing the sales of the manufacturer who also have a D2C side of their business? And I know you also have a D2C and a B2B part, but has this ever happened to you that you know one of the B2B partners, they've been scaling you know, very nicely and it just starts cannibalizing your sales? Or, or what do you think about this? I think the world is unlimitedly abundant and if you have the right message and the right marketing if they're mm-hmm. going to leave they're going to go to a different brand anyway um, mm-hmm. unless you've made them a loyal and faithful customer so i believe that competition is great it helps cream rise to the top and helps the stuff that should fall fall um i i one of our big white label customers sells a lot more of one of our SKUs than we do and they buy a lot of it but they have a very specific niche. They're very targeted market. They, mm-hmm. She focuses on females, right? Very specific. Where yeah. us, I'm a male owner, so I can't, you know, um, I can't say, well, hey, ladies, try this, right? Like we have a serum. It's my wife loves it, right? I tried it on my beard when I had a long beard. It works as an amazing beard oil. So same product, two uses, right? I can market it to people with beards. I sort of have one, right? You know, I, I can, re- they can, re- Ben can relate to that. Whereas, you know, my wife, I can take some video of her talking about the serum because women can relate to her using the serum. Most men don't wear serums in the US. Now that might be different in Europe, but, you know, and it might change over time as men find out that the stuff's actually good for your skin. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everybody's got their, their line you know, I promote things that I can speak about. You know, one of our top selling products is our cooling muscle rub. It's amazing for aches and pains. And we have a salve that works really good on dry skin and bug bites and inflammation and over sun exposure, right? It doesn't fix your skin, or does, but it helps. It's an anti inflammatory by nature. So mm-hmm. if it helps the inflammation, it helps your body do what it's supposed to do. Your body does the work, the product just helps assist it. Yeah. So basically, end of the day, the you know the market is big enough, and there are so many niches that many big players they can you know have their own niches and own marketing messaging, right? Right. Um, like your buddy's direct to consumer brand probably doesn't compete with the manufacturer's direct to consumer brand. They mm-hmm. might. They might not. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not going to go. Oh, I want product B because they're a dollar less expensive. They're yeah. going to go, I want product B because it's it, hit, it resonated with me. The product resonates with me versus, you know, the, the alternative. But yeah. scarcity mindset is the is half people's problem in the world. There's no, money is unlimited. 
they printed out of thin air, right? And products and services are everywhere. So if you're looking for something quality, it might take you a minute, but you will find the quality product you're looking for. Yeah, and I think there are not so many good products, right? So once you achieve that level, then actually your job is not that hard. I mean, you know, once you once people think of your product as a quality product, then you establish your name and things become easier. Um, and, and they buy, and it's a repeat buying process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wonder how you see. Uh, advertising, paid advertising for CBD and hemp, the hemp industry uh, is going to change. Facebook, Google ads and different platforms, they become friendlier or, or you don't expect that? I think once the federal government gives rules so that they're see, I think the biggest thing is the banks, the merchant accounts behind these ad platforms. People, you know, try to sneak in marijuana, you know, because if he looks like a duck and smells like a duck, it might be a duck, right? Whereas they just don't know. And if the federal rules say you touch this, you lose your banking charter, they're not going to touch it, right? Whereas if there's concrete rules saying if they meet these criteria, you're good, go, right? Then you're in a much better spot. But right now the rules don't exist. So on a state level, they do. You know, my bank is, you know, works with me, knows everything about me, has for years, right? But it took a lot of work to convince them I wasn't marijuana. I mean, one of the biggest, they called me one day freaking out, asking me why I spent thousands of dollars a month at a marijuana testing facility. When I told them my answer, they sighed with relief because it was to prove it wasn't marijuana. That was the reason I used it. I tested it at a marijuana facility. It was to prove it wasn't. And they they were like, that was an answer I never expected to hear from you. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, until these cases still happen, then, uh, yeah, I, I can understand why the different platforms, they have strict regulations. Uh, do you run the stores on Shopify, by the way? Because I could hear stories about Shopify as well. You know, somebody, a compet- sorry, a competitor claims something about your product and they immediately shut down the store. It happened. So I'm not on Shopify. Um, the platform does allow CBD, but their merchant processor does not. So when you sign up for a Shopify store, you have to use a third-party payment processor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't use Shopify. Shopify didn't even really exist when I started in this industry. So we use WooCommerce as a platform. It it's yeah. worked great, to, you know, up until now. Now Shopify is a great shopping cart platform. Don't get me wrong, but we just never did go to that direction. Yeah, actually I can see most most CBD stores, they are on WooCommerce, not on Shopify. So that's a common pattern. Um, you mentioned returning customers. So I'm curious uh, what retention rate you have and, and is it a priority for you or you know it's a number that you are happy with? Also, how do you see the role of email marketing to get more returning customers? Uh, great, great question. So let me answer the email first. So we own the email list, right? So we can market to them. Whereas to other marketing, we have to pay somebody else. So once we get their information, you know, we can let them know about new products, give them education and, and interact with them more on a personal level. Um, SMS is not legal in the U.S. for hemp yet. 
again, they conflate it with marijuana. You know, it, it's more of an ignorance thing than anything. Um, but for marketing channels and repeat customers, we have people that I would call uh, brand ambassadors. You know, they're like faithful to the end, right? Love our product, not going to switch for nothing. Then we have other people that are price conscious. They're like, oh, there's CBD in this. I'm going to go here because it's less expensive or it's on sale. So two types of consumers. Um, we find that the ones that are faithful, once they're faithful, with the, every 30 to 60 days, they're buying product from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd always like to grow that number, right? Yeah. Um, and then we have a lot of one-offs that buy the product, they'll have enough information, take it once or twice to get mad at us because it didn't work, quote unquote, you know, for them, for their ailment or whatever, right? Because they've heard so much misinformation about the product that they think it's a, a miracle. And in reality, it's 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 not. It's a building block that our body needs to function normally. And if we get that to a level where it's sustainable, our body actually will work more on a normal level. Yeah, and actually, this is where education comes into place. That you want to educate them so they get more informed. They have realistic expectations, and at the end of the day it will increase the number of returning customers, hopefully, or, or you know, at least it, even it will reduce the number of negative reviews, I think, because they may try and it happened to me as well. I, I tried different supplements, it didn't work out, but I'm not pissed off. I mean, you know, none of them are miracle uh, serums or anything. So, so yeah, you have to test it out. That makes sense. Um, All right, Jeff. So thanks, thanks for sharing your story today. And uh, it was very insightful. And uh, you have a ton of experience in this space, 11 years. That's, that's a crazy long time for many, many e-commerce entrepreneurs. And uh, I wish you success with, with the stores. So what is the main brand again, if anyone wants to buy from you in the US? Sure, madebyhemp.com. Or in Europe, they can buy from me in Europe too. I'll ship to Okay. Madebyhemp.com. That's great to hear. So I will put these links into the description. And also I will put another link, which is from my company. So I collected the top 100 email templates that we created for our clients in the past five years. We made it publicly available. I will put that link into the description as well. So thanks again, Jeff. Thanks everyone who listened to us. And Thank you, uh, Have a great day. You too, sir. Have an awesome day.